Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Oh, it's Artcast, it's Artcast, it's Artcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's Artcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you, so sit back, oh yeah, it's Artcast, loading artists, audio inside, loading artists, audio inside, Welcome to Oddcast. Here's my interview with Brad Fessmeyer. Hello. Hey, Brad. Yeah. Hi, it's Phil Mellon. How's it going, man? Uh, not too bad. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. No problem. Thank you. Sure, sure. Um, let's see. My first question is... Um, when when you create a work, do you use sketches or any preliminary work in the process? Uh, no, not really. I, uh, you know, I don't really draw that much. I actually don't really like it that much. Um, I don't really plan out too much except for the kind of um, the shape of the panels. Yeah. Uh, I would say probably for the past five or six years, um, you know, the structure and the shape of the panels has been kind of the starting factor of where the work goes. So once I kind of have those that planned out, um, and I sketch that out, but other than uh, other than that, there's no imagery uh, drawn out beforehand or anything. Like that all that comes as I'm working on the on the painting. But I have it in my head. I just don't really sketch it out ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, um, did you did you say the 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 overall shape of the the I guess what am I trying to say the um, the shape of the canvas itself or the or the support itself? It's something yeah. you uh, you uh, predetermined. Exactly. Or, yeah. 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 Um, I've been. I've been. I mean, I. I. You know, exclusively work with panels of plywood, um, and that. You know, I've done that since I really started seriously painting, um, and that. And almost since I started, I'd. I'd messed around with odd shapes, not just read the rectangle, and uh, got away from making shapes for a long time, and then kind of came back to it organically in the past year and a half. And uh, that, you know, deciding what those shapes are is really kind of the uh, underlying starting point for, uh, you know, where the painting goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I know, uh, I imagine you use a lot of uh, various tools in your work, but uh, is there anything uh, on the technology side that you use in your work, like photos of the computer at all? Not really, no. I, um, you know, most of it's all... Uh, you know, all hand done. Um, the only thing I do do on a computer, and I've, you know, I was doing some, uh, 
kind of text-based work, and I still do that every now and then. There's kind of hidden writing in the work sometimes, and I use Photoshop to actually scribble out the words, yeah. and then I'll just I'll just print that on transparency and usually project that as I, you know, the size I need it on the canvas. Um, but there's no image research or anything like that on the computer. Right. Um, uh, do you ever find yourself? Uh, the, I mean, the most technological advanced thing I probably use is an overhead projector. Oh, so okay. Yeah, yeah. That's probably all I use. <laughs> nice. Um, do you ever find yourself in a creative block? And if so, how do you get yourself out of it? Um, yeah, I wouldn't, no, I don't think I do. I mean, I, I, I work when, uh, you know, I pretty much work nonstop. And if, and if I'm, you know, if I don't have an idea for a painting then I don't make a painting, uh, or I'm not working on a project, if I'm usually if I'm not working on a painting then I'm working on some kind of, you know, sculpture installation idea project, uh, whether or not I'm actually fabricating or not, I'm thinking about it. Um, and I'm kind of like designing how it's going to go. And then somehow, you know, usually uh, an idea for a new body of work pops in as I'm working on something else. Um, so it's it's pretty organic. It's pretty fluid. Um, I don't – that sounds better. I don't suffer from creative block. I usually have an idea of what I want to do next. Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, uh, yeah, I just realized that you you do um, make some sculpture, which I hadn't known before. Um, uh, I, I was, you know – uh, digging through your your website and uh, well that was that was uh, cool to learn so maybe uh, but cool. I haven't I have yet to see some of those in person but um, I don't really make them that much there's more like lately it's been I'm kind of brewing a, a couple of big installation sculpture ideas so um, hopefully next year um, after I'm done painting the show I'm working on now I'm gonna kind of dive full force into working on two. Uh, more sculptural installation projects I'm going to be working on for next year. Oh, cool. Um, now, uh, I have a flowery question for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got to change the wording of this. I feel a little silly. But anyway, uh, when, when, do you, when did you fall in love with art? I feel you became an artist. Um, I... Well, when I became an artist, I feel like when I started making my own work, I was like in about 2000. When I was in undergraduate school, I, you know, got done taking the, you know, the beginning level bullshit painting classes that I couldn't stand. And, uh, you know, I started actually making my own work. And, I, and that was about uh, early 2000, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I went to undergrad and I wanted to be an environmental science major. Um, but I realized that I couldn't, didn't like or couldn't do chemistry to save my life. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I was dating a, a girl whose sister was an artist in Philadelphia, and I spent a lot of time with her in her studio, and I was just kind of mes mesmerized yeah. by, uh, you know, just this awesome work area and, you know, the paintings she was making and kind of inspired me to at least start learning about art and art history and, you know, kind of uh, kind of steamrolled from there. Right, yeah. Um, who, who was the artist by chance? Uh, her name was Nancy Sophie. Oh, okay. Well, I was just curious because I, I, um, I lived in Philly for six years, so I didn't know if I would have crossed paths with her or something. But um, I think she's, I mean, from what I remember, like I said, I haven't seen her a lot. She's quite a bit older than, I imagine you're about my age, so I imagine she's quite a bit older than we are, actually. Oh, okay, okay. How, um, on the technological side of things again, uh, or it could be interpreted, uh, how do you feel the computer or the internet helps or hurts an artist? 
Oh, that's an interesting question, actually. Um, I mean, obviously, the internet and this, like, um, you know, unbelievable mass amount of information at your fingertips um, probably, you know, helps a lot of, you know, the artists working today, not even necessarily in, you know, traditional painting or sculpture, but people that are working with new media and, and image gathering, obviously, it's a great resource obviously for artists to be able to get their work out there in their own websites or, you know, even something like you having an art blog, you know, obviously it's a really valuable tool. Um, but it's weird because now you can, you know, YouTube and stuff like that, you can, you know, you can see an entire, like you can probably see the new Willem de Kooning retrospective of all in the MoMA's website right now and yeah. never have to go see it. Right. And I think there's a loss of obviously value and int intimacy in that way and it you know all goes you know this has been a problem for a long time you know when uh you know benjamin wrote that article about art in the age of mechanical reproduction i mean it, we were talking about this for a long time and i think just you know the computer and the internet is that next you know dialectic progressive step in that way it's just removing us more and more from the probably authentic authentic viewing experience yeah yeah um how about the, uh, I'm not even sure where it's at nowadays, and I, I didn't really dig into it, but, um, and I and I can't even say that I remember exactly what it was called. What was it, the um, the Google Art Project, I believe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that still happening, do you know, or is that? I don't know. I had, you know, I had read something about that a little while ago, and then I, I had lost track of it, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, well, I know, uh, you know, on the homepage at one point, uh, this goes back a couple months ago, I think it was, um, you know, of course, they they introduced it and everything and and uh, you know I, I think I went to the site or what have you uh, once and um, I don't know but but it touches upon that same thing you know I mean they they have these amazing highly um, uh, focused if you will uh, you know photographs or, or digital images of the paintings you know you can actually see the brushstrokes and everything but it just you know it, it's kind of like well you know I mean you know maybe I can never get to the Louvre but. Am I still really seeing right. that painting, even though you're showing me the, you know, the the, the, the high high res detail of it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of a strange thing, but um, it is a strange thing. I mean, also, you know, there's another way to look at it too. I mean, there's 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 an interesting, you know, thing with the computer and the internet for people using that to make meaning, and people for actually using it really as a as a critical piece to their work. You know, when they're when they're using it as a theoretical meaning making piece, but then it also, I think, like I said before, I think it also, you can lose the meaning in, in a piece of work when, you know, you're just looking at high-res images on your computer and not actually seeing the work in person. Yeah, yeah. There's just like the physical presence which is taken away and, and you know, whether it's proportion or the dimensions or, you know, you can't, you know, you, you can't really receive that. You don't know how big it is right. or how small it is or, or what have you, you know. Like my my work doesn't translate at all digitally. I, I I don't like it digitally. It doesn't look well digitally. You can't tell at all what's going on, on the surface. And yeah. you know, I imagine with that a lot with lots of you know people that are using material you know materially in their work. You know, you need to be in the presence of that material to actually get anything. That a lot of time, I think the artist is talking about. Right. Right. Um. My next question is how. Uh, or what feeds your work more? Uh, would you say your other work, uh, looking at art, um, something like life experiences or something other than that? I think it ebbs and flows. For a while it was, you know, life of making, you know, 
kind of almost too nostalgic kind of honest paintings. And now, you know, I'm more interested in, you know, work, you know, Richard Sayre once famously said one time that, you know, work, become, work, um, what do you say? Work, uh, what the hell? Work comes from work. You know, he's, you know, his work is always coming from other work. And I think a lot of my work comes from, you know, my own work and constantly trying to make, something fresh and new and progressing things along and progressing what I'm trying to say. Um, but then I'm also, I've always, always been inspired by, you know, um, uh, art history and w what has come before me. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think being knowledgeable of that makes you, you know, a more well-informed artist. You're not, you're not making ignorant work. You, you know, you need to know what's out there. Um, and I, and I like knowing what's out there and I, you know, I like looking at it like I'm, very much looking forward to going to see the De Kooning retrospective. And, you know, there's an Ellsworth Kelly show up at the MFA right now. I'm looking forward to seeing oh, that, yeah? oh, you know, cool. looking, going, looking at that, you know, going after going to a museum for the day or to a gallery for the day and seeing a show you really like, or actually work you can't stand. I yeah, think yeah. only, only inspires me to get back in the studio and do work. Right. Um, uh, I, I thought I had a, I thought I had a thought, but it's gone. Um, okay. <laughs> um, now, okay. I know. Um, I was curious if um, you could bring up some names of other artists that you that you uh, work that you admire. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, artists working now are a painter like Bill Jensen and uh, Fabian Marcaccio. Um, you know, those are probably two of my two favorite contemporary, uh, you know, artists working right now. Um, Right now, obviously working with the shapes, so, you know, I've been kind of enamored by, you know, re-looking at Ellsworth Kelly's work. Yeah. Um, always, you know, what got me into painting in the first place was, you know, all the abstract expressionists. So, you know, the romance and the, and the heroicism that was happening back in the 40s and 50s, you know, excited me. And, you know, I'm still excited to see their work today. Um, you know, I just saw one of Frank Stella's protractor paintings. Um, oh, yeah. I hadn't seen one of those in a, in a while. and. You know, it made me realize, you know, how awesome those paintings were. And, you know, I really like that series of work by Stella. Um, you know, and, I mean, there's lots of artists that, you know, I can't remember names of that I go see gallery shows. And, you know, they inspire me. So, um, you know, a, a lot of them. Yeah. Where did you see that painting, the Frank Stella painting? Oh, well, I just wanted to go um, to the new, uh, you know, the renovation of the Boston MFA. Okay. Uh, and they have they have one of his you know big protractor paintings up, and uh, it was just really good to see. Oh, that's cool. Um, and made me made me remember how much I like that body of work. Oh, great. And, and how and how inventive and you know how how awesome he was back in the day. Right. And even actually, I just saw I just saw you know speaking about how the computer works. You know, I did just see on YouTube uh, an exhibition of some brand new Stella work, and uh, actually I kind of like the new stuff a lot. Like kind of simplified things down a little bit, but a little more elegant, not so garish. And uh, and I really like the new body of work actually that he was working on. That's cool. We're we're uh, we're being attacked by the uh, recycling truck again. Oh my goodness! It's yeah, it's coming across the other side of the street. It's only a one-sided uh, deal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to come down twice. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as that goes. Um, how, how important do you feel, uh, formal art training is for an artist? Um, that's also a good question. Um, well, I think it can, I think it goes two ways. I mean, 
it kind of goes back to my earlier comment. I don't think you can make work in ignorance. I think you have to be informed. So whether that is, you know, informed about technique, um, you know, and actually how to use material, you know, obviously the basics of design, you know, I think you need to know those things. Um, whether or not you need to take it as far as, a, as an MFA, I think that, uh, you know, to each his own, um, you know, going that far. You know, an MFA means different things to different people, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's what they want to get out of it. Um, but I also think formally knowing also about art history uh, is an important thing to being an artist. Um, you know, the, the artists that make work, like I said before, in ignorance I can't stand. You know, you need to know what's going on out in the world, whether before you – you know, or, or what's going on right now. You know, you, you, can't, you can't be making work in your studio in, in Pawtucket or Providence or wherever and, you know, and not know what's going on in, in New York or in London or in Berlin or Prague or wh whatever right now. I think you need to know what's out there so you're not repeating other people. Yeah. Um, and, and you can learn from, hopefully, their mistakes, what they're, what they're, maybe what they're not doing well, you can do better. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe and maybe you and hope and hopefully obviously you're hopefully saying something different as well. But you know, I think you need you need to know. And I think you know part of knowing is you know you're going to learn and read in art school. And I think the the formal training is somewhat important. Right, right. Um, now I, I can't for uh, for the life of me get uh, Richard Serra's name out of my head because you brought him up, and that always gets my mind going. I, you know, this has nothing to do with anything, any any of my questions or anything, but um, I could listen to him talk about art all day. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, but. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I do, I do like um, reading some of his interviews, and, I, you know, I've listened to a bunch of stuff, and obviously a couple Art 21 episodes of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm, you know, he, he is, I like, I like him talking about art because he's very pragmatic. He's not too heady, I think, most of the time. He is interested in making, you know, what he thinks are kick-ass sculptures. I don't think it goes much further beyond that. He's very smart. Um, and, I do, and I, you know, like I quoted him before, you know, I do like his philosophy that his work comes out of his other work. Yeah. And, I, and I like that progression of things. I like how he thinks about making work in very pragmatic ways. Yeah, yeah. Um... Sorry to, to uh, throw that in there, but I just, you know, it, it, he's actually, when I started looking for um, artist talks and things like that, it, it, you know, his um, sort of words were the, one of, some of my favorites, you know, to come by. Um, yeah. But, well, it's like, they're not, I mean, I, like, he, he, it's not bullshit. I mean, he's just telling you like it is, and I, and I like that. So I think too many artist interviews and too many artists are trying to be way too heady with really overinflated nonsensical artist statements that don't make any sense whatsoever and when i talk about their work and like their artist monographs they just sound i don't that not that they don't know what they're talking about but yeah. do they really know what they're talking about when they're saying these really dumb nonsensical you know statements and i think you know the good thing about sarah he's i don't think he's ever said anything like that and he's always been you know to the point uh, and i like that actually it's reflected in his work not that i'm always a fan of his work um, but at least his work is pretty, pretty honest and straightforward, and I think it reflects yeah. as an artist and a person. Right. Now, uh, you know, I I, um, I talked about liking his words. Now, I, I I'm curious about my next question has to do with words. Um, can you use uh, three to five words to describe your work? 
Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I, well, I would. I think my work is honest. You know, uh, I think it's. Um, you know, I think it can be actually um, powerful, and uh, I think it's. Uh, you know, in a non-pejorative way, masculine most of the time as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that just the sort of physical quality of it, or is that? I think so. I mean, I don't ever, I'm not trying to make manly paintings, but I think the the physicality and the way I actually use material, whether it's the woodworking machines or just the way I lay on paint, I'm not trying to do anything super, super crazy with material. I'm not using polymers and, you know, and crazy things that get crazy, uh, weird effects with stuff. I'm using, you know, paint right out of a can with thinners or you know, acrylic with water, and, you know, I'm just letting the paint do its thing, and I think it probably comes off pretty expressionistic and pretty manly or, okay. or masculine, and, you know, that's just the way, I guess, I guess that's just the way it is, and, you know, I've been set up on the work many a times, and, you know, I'm all, I'm all too happy, I guess, to embrace that, not, yeah. not in any kind of, uh, you know, hedonistic way, but, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's, would you say it's a little more immediate in, in some, you know, I guess at some points or? It's, uh, the work is immediate? Yeah, like, well, say maybe the paint application, like, I don't know if that's what you're getting at, but. Yeah, yeah, it's very immediate. It's very, it's very, uh, like I said, it's very straightforward. I'm not, not trying to do any, any kind of crazy technical things with paint. I'm letting the paint do what it does. And, you know, there's immediacy to the, to the way I work, so. You know, like I mean, you brought up some some people that I really enjoy, like Frank Stella and, and Richard Serra, and and um, and then the other names, which I really um, you know I'll pull and, and put on the blog post itself, and which I really don't know their work, so it'll be interesting to check them out. And um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. It's actually one thing I wouldn't mind asking is like how let's say on the uh, you know I know you try to get and see as much work as possible in the in person, but like what do you do online as far as uh, you know like what what are some of the resources you go to online? Um, the main one I use is you, you might know this. There's a there's a YouTube channel or a guy that posts um, videos called James Calm. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, I look at most of uh, his his uh, channel on YouTube. Right. Um, I think he does a good job presenting shows, and I like his kind of commentary. And he obviously loves being in New York. He's been part of the the art and painting scene for a long time. He's also a critic for the Brooklyn Rail. And I really like the Brooklyn Rail, um, so I, I, I tend to like. That's probably the, the. I would say 90% of my online art viewing is through that. Okay. And then if I know a show is coming up, like I know the De Kooning retrospective opened this week, so of course I checked out the MoMA's website, and I'll check out specific galleries in Chelsea's website. You know, I have a bunch of friends that are showing in, in New York Chelsea galleries now, so I definitely check out those, or, or friends that have worked for Chelsea galleries. Um, so I was, yeah, through, mainly, mainly, you know, Chelsea galleries and like that YouTube channel is what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, I forget uh, that was probably one of the the first things that I dug into myself with with online, um, as far as uh, looking at work and and uh, yeah, I mean, there's countless artists that I've been introduced to by James Com, which which is pretty cool and um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like almost a window to New York, you know, and like through you know living over here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, the artist I, I got to um, familiar with, I don't know him personally, but this Canadian artist named Kim Dorland that I found through James Conn's website. I mean, I really, really like his work a lot. It's dope. And, uh, you know, 
I mean, that is the way that the internet does expand, you know, obviously what you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let me uh, right, let me formally thank you for talking with me at, on Hotcast. Sure, thank you. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, I guess one more time. Uh, actually, I don't know if we covered this, but your uh, your your uh, your website is bradfessmeyer.com. Yes, bradfessmeyer.com. This has been Oddcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening, and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? <sighs> I'm getting nowhere with this. Forget it. <laughs> Hotcast Home is A H T C A S T dot com. Thanks again. <laughs>